You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Sunday Smash right here on Warchant TV alongside Corey Clark, who is the Thunder tonight. That's what he's doing. He's sporting his Tampa Bay Lightning gear. My name is Tom Lang. We are both of Warchant.com and Warchant TV, and we are so excited to be talking to you tonight on Sunday Smash presented by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You live in the state of Florida? Go get yourself some booze at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Corey, how's it going tonight? It's good, buddy. It's good. Uh, I, I had a pretty rough weekend with my uh, cell phone. Nobody cares about that. If you do, listen to a Wake Up War Chant because I talked about it plenty. Um, it was a nightmare, but I got a new one. I got a new one. We're all good to go. We are all good to go, and we are, uh, what are we, two weeks away, a little less. We're 13 days. We're Jordan Travis Jordan away Travis. from uh, the start of football season. That's crazy, T. Lang. Jordan Travis days away. Hit the like button if you're excited that we're under two weeks away from FSU football. Look, I mean, it's right about 22 minutes and three weeks from now. They'll be kicking off in New Orleans as well. It's yeah. it's go time, man. And uh, this week, Corey, uh, you spent some time in Jacksonville. You follow the team. So saw a little bit of the practice in Tallahassee and then every rep of Jacksonville. How are they looking to you right now? We'll take questions from everybody in a little bit. But how are they looking to you right now? Because I haven't had a chance to pick your brain. You were there to see it, and I wasn't. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're moving some things around on the offensive line, but even in that Tom Lang, I think they, I think they held up pretty darn well. I mean, I, you know, um, there were moments clearly where the defensive line was just too good, which isn't a bad thing, right? Like you want to have a good defensive line. I think we know this defensive line, uh, can be pretty good. Um, verse and, uh, McClendon really, I thought stood out, um, in Jacksonville those two days, but, uh, man, I know it's cliche. I know we've talked about it and written about it a lot, but they really do compete uh, against each other. They, they have some uh, fiery moments. Um, I, I wrote about it and talked about, I wrote about it and talked about it on, on Jeff's show on Thursday or Friday, whenever that was like Shaheen Brown getting in there and, and mocking the offense that they had to do push uh, up downs after, after losing a, a goal line drill or a red zone drill, whatever that was. And um, you know, there, there's some real back and forth, uh, you know, they were when the defense won the goal line drills on Friday, kind of at the end of camp. Man, they 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 let the offense know about it, and that's good, right? Like you don't. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's some offensive guys that hate hearing it and hate hearing this all the time, but it's like, man, that's what a game is like, and they're going to be talking to you in a game, and you've got to respond. Um, and it sounds like 
the, the offense responded decently well on Saturday in the scrimmage. But either way, I think it's been a healthy back and forth. Last year, uh, and I know you wouldn't believe it, watching how the defense played the first four weeks of the season, last year there was – I mean, the offense just got – they got kind of dominated out wide. The secondary just dominated uh, the FSU receivers. That is not happening now. It is a real back and forth, and that's good to see. Yeah, it's like anything else, too. If um, the cliche goes, if a coach is yelling at you, it's because he thinks you you got something to you. you got some yeah. talent. And, you know, if the defense wasn't fired up about beating the offense, that means that they're winning every day. So, right. you know, if you're just going to dominate every day, then it's not special to win a segment, to win a drill, to win red zone or whatever it is. Now that you have both sides chirping at each other, it's because they expect to win. And they haven't always. So that's where things stand right now. And and it's it's something that I expect, Corey, when we go to see camp and each day of practice. And this week, they've got tomorrow off. They return to practice on Tuesday. But when I walk in, I expect to see both sides have moments. And that hasn't been the case for a long, long time. And that means that during the season, I don't know about you, but I expect hot streaks for yeah. both sides of the football. Like if the offense has three drives uh, starting at the 25 or 30 yard line and they score 17 points on those three drives, I wouldn't be stunned because I've seen them catch fire in practice. Do you agree with that? I do. And I also think the one element, um, you know, I do think the offense is going to be better. It has to be. It just has to be. It can't be uh, below average middling like it has for so long around here. It, you know, Norvell, Norvell's group here has to take the next step and become a good ACC offense. You, we don't need you to set the world on fire. Nobody's expecting that. You're not going to lead the country in scoring. But you can be top five in the ACC. That's allowable. I mean, you 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 do have a guy that's played a lot of football at quarterback. You brought in all these weapons. Um, I think you're a good offensive mind. Alex Atkins is a really sharp guy. Go do something on offense. And I think – but the one element we're not really we – we're not even really factoring into what this offense is going to be is Jordan Travis's legs. I mean, they're just not used uh, in practice, and they will be used in games, and they are something that you cannot account for. They just they are they are something you cannot account for um, it, with scout team work, and it's just a different athlete back there. And I think that's what that's what gets you maybe a little bit more excited when I think about what this offense can be, is because so many of the big plays we've seen so far in practice, apparently uh, most of the big plays that happened in the scrimmage on Saturday are either through the air or there are other people doing it. They're running backs doing it. It's not Jordan Travis busting a 50-yard run. Right. It, maybe his presence helps that with the other running backs and the way the defense has to account for him, but it's other guys doing it because you know at the end of the day, 13's legs are going to be there too. It's like adding that guy into the mix makes it maybe not dynamic, but a better offense. Yeah, they're not trying to live off of it in spring or fall camp. Right. Once you in can. a while, they'll call a play where you see Jordan's legs come into play and it's a design. You go, yeah. I think that's just a reminder. Sometimes if the defense is getting the better of the offense, I think maybe Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins roll out a play like that to say, just to re remember, yeah. we're not working yeah. on what we know we can do. We're, we're, right. we're trying to find what more we can do. Well, we're all thankful right here at Sunday Smash that you're here. Director Matthew behind the scenes, Corey and myself, nearly 300 of you. Hit the like button underneath this video. Send us your questions. We have a couple of contributions to the program already. We're so thankful for those. We'll mention you in just a moment. But hit the like button beneath this video. Subscribe to our channel. And remember, for just $1, as Jeff Cameron would say, a buck, you can join Warchant right now. That's warchant.com. Corey, I changed the graphic for the JCS, but I, I uh, have not done so. I was going to say, that looked like the old graphic, Tom Lang. I thought yeah, we talked about this we at the did. manager's meeting. We did. You had to warchant.com. <laughs> it's so simple. Just type in warchant.com. 
into your browser, a separate tab. Stay with I have it. had multiple people tell me that they can't get to it. And I think that's because of bookmarks, right? Like you're yes. bookmarked to another site. Yes. When you go to whatever your whatever your uh, web browser thinks WarChant might be, it might take you to an old site that we're used to be at. So you have to physically, well, not physically, you don't jump into the keyboard, but you, you into the browser. But you have to type out in the browser WarChant.com. It'll take you right to our new home at On3. That's right. And, and it's, it's worth it. It's worth at least a dollar, Tom Lang. Maybe I, I think two. it is. I mean, for crying yeah. out loud, you've got more than a dollar underneath the chair of your car, everybody. Mm -hmm. Just sign up right now, warchant.com, and then resave that new website, that new URL mm -hmm. as your bookmark. Maybe your homepage when you open up Google Chrome. I see Eric Angel is at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, one of our fine sponsors here at warchant.com. He's saying he's there at the CP. Now Jordan Travis stays away. Well, go Knowles to you, Eric. Hope you're enjoying Thank you, Eric. Thank you, buddy. I know there's a big party for a Mets victory over the Phillies tonight, so you guys enjoy that postgame party. At the CP and Ryan's did you, got. A did y'all already play? Y'all played in one? Yeah, six nothing. It was a good. Oh, that's one. man. Y'all just don't give up runs. It's fun. <sighs> well, we got four head to head. Maybe we'll do a wager before tonight's uh, show is. No, I, can no. I bet on the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we yeah. can both bet on the Mets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Both win. Everybody Perfect. wins. Ryan Eastman, thank you for your contribution as well. And he's joined up. He's a booster season ticket member. He's got a parking spot and everything. He's doing the full tailgate. Corey, I'll start with you on this question. What is the best tailgate or tailgate memory you have? My first part of it would be, is that memory in Tallahassee or is it up in Athens? Oh, no, it's definitely – I don't even know if it's in Tallahassee, but it's at a Florida State game okay. for sure. Okay. Um, man, I, I, that that is the – and I love my job. It has so many perks. It's awesome. It is really cool that I get to do this for a living and people watch and read and, and I get paid for it. Um, but that is by far my biggest – uh, not regret. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's that's the one bummer about the job is that I don't. I haven't been to. I haven't gotten to really tailgate in fifteen years, sixteen years, and that's awesome. I love tailgating. I was talking to some buddies this weekend at Corner Pocket actually about. Um, he's he's bringing uh, Spencer. You know Spencer. Oh yeah. He's got AC units to bring to his tailgate. He's going to have air conditioning at his tailgates. It's nuts, along with the TV and all the food and everything else. So um, that's what I really miss. It's just going all out. These people that just, it's like their job. It's their profession, the tailgate. Let me think about my favorite tailgate. I'll get back to you. Tom, I'm sure you, you've had time. Think of an answer. Give us an answer. There you go. And thank yeah. you, Ryan, for the donation, man. That's very Sometimes kind of you. the best tailgates are forgettable for all the right reasons. But, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you that uh, it was uh, unfortunate that it was capped off by Jarman Fortson dropping the football in the back of the end zone. Mm, that weekend. Yeah, no, that front of the end zone. It was the front of the end zone, Tom. Get it right. Well, it was the right corner. I was sitting up where the band yeah. is. So, you yeah. know, sadly, his back was to me, Corey. So I didn't know he dropped it. You looked like he caught it. Yeah, for half people, a second. People yeah. in that corner of the stadium were all celebrating like a bunch of a holes. Also, they went to revert. They went to review it to see if he caught it or not, which he clearly didn't. But yeah. there was a second on the clock oh, when he yeah. dropped it, and they didn't put the time back on. So it might have been close to two full seconds. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They didn't even look at that. I was one of those high five my friends and realized you've got to be kidding me. But that whole weekend, uh, a lot of my friends had just graduated uh, the previous semester. And so they all came back and we had three days of awesome fun just hitting the town. And then it was capped off by a fantastic game day at Indian Village, which has a lot of, of legendary moments mm. for over the years. But uh, that's where we were that Monday. So if I vamped long enough, do you have one or do we move on? No, nothing's coming to mind. Again, I, I will say uh, 88 Clemson, the punt Ruski. I was like, a, I think I was in middle school, but just. 
it wasn't so much beforehand. It was after the game, just because you couldn't leave Clemson, the parking lot. It's a parking lot for five hours, but you didn't want to leave because of that craziness. Uh, but you also didn't have any means to watch a replay of the play. We had no idea how Leroy Butler got the ball, but just how how uh, everybody was walking on air after that game and that win, uh, even though it was a kind of a cruddy day outside. That's one I'll always remember, just how happy all the adults were around me and how much fun-loving there was. You know, it's those things. It's those moments that you always, you'll always remember. We'll have Director Matthew put up some questions. I saw one already, and, and I'll answer this to get it out of the way. Corey, it's something that we just have to follow okay. based on FSU's policy. But folks are asking, are there any new injury things or updates or report? We don't talk about it. We can't talk about it until Mike Norvell talks about it. So everything that Mike Norvell has brought up in terms of injuries, we've reported on. Uh, so we will keep you updated. Yeah, Caden uh, Lyles, Lyles is done. Yep. Cam McDonald is trying to get better. Um, Darius Washington, Darius Washington did get some work Saturday. Um, he had been, he had been held out for a good portion. Um, and again, that's Norvell saying that. So we can, we can, uh, well, not really expound, but we can also say it. We can confirm. We'll confirm what Mike Norvell said that yes, Darius Washington had been not practicing a lot. And apparently he did, he did take part in some of the scrimmage on uh, Saturday, which is very good news. And there's also been a bug going around the team. So you've had guys miss some time with a bug. Yeah. A non, you know, it's not an injury situation. It's just something's traveling through the locker room. Yeah. Uh, Briley, to answer your question, yes, they're practicing Tuesday through Saturday. I'm assuming they're going to mirror a, a normal game week. We'll see when it comes to what they put on in terms of pads and if Friday's a walkthrough or not. We'll find that out as we go along this week. But what I do know is that we can view practice Tuesday through Friday and it's closed to the media on Saturday. So that's what's yes. coming up the week ahead. Carol. Are the wide receivers improving overall or at least catching the ball with some consistency? Corey, you've already alluded to it, but I'll let you expound on that a little bit. Yeah, more. and I thought Fuller last night was uh, uh, really insightful when he was asked about uh, the wide receivers. We get all the coordinators after the scrimmages, and Adam Fuller was asked about the wide receivers and just the back and forth with the DBs. And he's like, you know, they, they go up and high point the ball. They catch the ball. They're really competitive. He goes, I think they're a good group. And then he was very complimentary of Jordan and how he, where he puts the ball. Um, and it'd be weird if he wasn't. And he's like, well, look, if we didn't have a scrub at quarterback, we'd have a chance this year because my defense is loaded. Yeah. He's not saying stuff like that. He, he is complimentary of Jordan, but I think he's 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 not doing it. He's not just paying lip service. I think he believes it. Um, but he, he talked about how the passing game overall has gotten better and how much that's helping his defense. But, yes, the receivers are better than they were last year. There's just – I mean, I, you know, I don't know what it was. It was a, Andrew Parchment, Pokey Wilson, Keyshawn. I mean, yeah. you know, and other than – yeah, Malik McLean is a true freshman. I mean, yeah. that's that's what you were rolling out there. Now you've got uh, a freak six seven guy that let's see him translate it to games, and he apparently had another really nice scrimmage, a couple big plays. It sounds like um, that's great to see. Micah Pittman had more big plays in that scrimmage, some more big plays in that scrimmage, and he's had a good camp. He's certainly coming on here lately. And then Deuce Span might be something to go along with Malik McLean's second year, to go along with Pokey Wilson's last year. Like you, you've added some stuff to the mix, man. Yeah, to answer the question too, Carol, I'd say that I'm coming to to practice every day expecting Johnny Wilson to make a big play or two, you know, and that's that's a huge, huge difference than when we started camp. This yeah. last week has been really good, and apparently he was good again, Corey, that you saw in Jacksonville. But before they left, it was you know the plays that you because we can't go into specifics necessarily, but as a as an FSU fan out there, I'm sure there are certain types of plays you would expect a six foot seven receiver to make. He is making those plays now. Yeah. We've seen it with our own eyes. 
Uh, and that's something that Florida State fans should get excited about. Well, so but the yeah. back and forth of that is Thursday. He had a, he had some really nice play. He had some really nice practice moments or practices in general. Really, he was great. He was really good from Monday to Thursday. Mm-hmm. So Monday to Wednesday that you got to see. Yep. The Thursday in Jacksonville, he had another really solid showing. Friday he did zilch. They locked him up. Like, and he got those same pl- those same throws that you're talking about in uh, certain drills. And uh, he, they, they were not caught. They were almost caught, but maybe the ball was ripped away. And Fuller talked about that um, after the scrimmage on Saturday. He said that, you know, one of the big plays that Florida State had in uh, on the scrimmage was he's like, there were three hands on the football. Uh, Duke Cooper had one hand on the football. Johnny Wilson had two. Johnny snatched it away, and that's what he that's what he can do. But he's like, on Friday, Duke made the same play but won that battle. And it's like, yeah, man, that's what they're doing. Uh, so he's not – they, they did do a nice job one of those days of locking him down. I don't want people to think the DBs are just getting roasted. They're not. They're making plays. Sam McCall had, I believe, an interception in three straight practices, or three of four. So that's good to see, too, that Sam McCall might be something. Or, or it's coming on a little bit where maybe he'll play some this year. That's what a real practice is supposed to look like, folks. And it's starting to look a little bit more real around here. We'll see how many wins it parlays into and if they can obviously stay healthy throughout the season. Z-Chan asks, and thank you for the contribution, Zach. Evening, amigos. Give us some opinions in, on the improvement of special teams this year. Less than two weeks to go. 13 days, in fact, Z-Chan. Mm, Thanks again. That's right, baby. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Does DMD, is that a dentist? It could very well be. Doctor yeah. of Medical Dentistry. Is that what the DMD is, or is that DDS? Uh, I think both can be, right? Okay. Yeah. Z-Chan, let us know, man. So The world needs to know what the DMD is. Are you Where a dentist? You Z-Chan, what you got? Uh, so special teams. All right. I'll start real quick. The return game is going to be more dynamic because Mike yeah. is in on one of one phase of returning the ball. And then if you've got a Trey Benson or a Deuce Span or a Sam McCall and kick returns, I think you're going to be better there in terms of the person holding the football. What I'm concerned about is the blocking and the coverage. I don't know. They've turned those things live in scrimmage situations. I haven't seen them go live fully live in return games and in, in special teams. I think they're going to be better because they're going to catch the ball punting uh, or, you know, uh, Michael Pittman will be catching the ball in the punt return game. Beyond that, yeah, I'm a wait and see guy. Yeah. And I think, you know, what they've done this year that they didn't do last year, and I think it was out of necessity because they were so bad at it, was they made these returns live in the scrimmage. Like yeah. normally what we see, we don't really see ever any returns ever. That's why I thought it was telling when Papuchas was talking about who he thought the three main guys at kick return were, which was Benson, uh, Sam McCall and Deuce Span. Uh, Deuce Span, I think, is the guy we definitely think will be back there. But we don't get to see those guys. We get to see them catch the ball and run about 15 yards, and then that's the end of the play. Like they're just they're practicing catching it, and hitting, getting the top speed quick, and then that's the end of the play. These scrimmages, I guess, are where they where they determine the depth chart. Like who's doing well in the scrimmages and reading the blocks and and hitting the hole when they're supposed to, um, because they have been live. Last scrimmage and this scrimmage, they've had live special teams plays where they're being tackled, where there's there's real the real rush. And they didn't really have that last year is what it sounds like. And they changed the way they coached. Even though they'd had a lot of success previous to getting to Florida State, it sounds like they changed the way they they practiced uh, preseason special teams because they were so bad last year. And they think it'll pay off. Well, we, we're all hoping it does. Yeah, let's just hope we don't see jogging when and kick returners have the ball inside the five-yard line and they're yeah. emerging. Full speed. We'll see if, if it happens. I'm a wait and see in a couple phases. But, Corey, it'll be nice to never have the ball roll from your own 40-yard line down to the six. That'll be a nice development this year. Yeah, um, I did the uh, I did the research last year. I think the number was 180 yards they lost in rolling punts. 
It's about half of what they uh, their total well, offense for a game. I mean, it's nuts. It's crazy. They only played close games, one score games, and in, in yeah, eighty you percent know, of the twelve. So that hundred eighty yards could have helped. That's fifteen yards a game. Maybe yeah. that gets you close for a field goal. By the way, that's the one thing I wanted to say about special teams. Papuchas was asked about Fitzgerald um, and was very complimentary. Uh, said that uh, that he he thinks he's had a good camp and he had a good scrimmage last night. I will say this: I do, and this is the one of the benefits or it is a benefit of getting to watch these, these practices. I have not come away overly impressed with a kicking game. I'm just going to say that as politely as I can. And that is a concern when you are going to play what we think they're going to play, which is a lot of close games. Yep. There are going to be a lot of meaningful kicks in the second half of these games. I, I'm not, the kid certainly has the potential to do it. He beat Syracuse. Um, he had a really clutch kick against Notre Dame to tie the game. And then we know he missed it in overtime, but you know, uh, once you settle for the field goal there, you, you might have been in trouble. But either way, um, he's had some nice clutch moments in his career, but he is going to have a lot of pressure-filled kicks on him this year. Um, so is that snapper, so is that holder. That that still gives me pause. That still gives me a little concern because I don't think that is an incredibly strong unit, let's just say. We are in total agreement on that. Um, when the ball is snapped and the, and the toe hits the leather, I don't know. You know, I don't feel, yeah. oh, that's good, uh, 100%, even from 37 or 38. I, I'm not going to assume anything with the kicking game this year. He's got the leg. He's got yeah. the leg, but it's just. Uh, well, you were there. You were there when we were in the stadium, yep. and I think you were sitting with me. And he tried the 50, and I've, I, I've talked about this on our on Wake Up War Channel. He tried like a 56-yarder and all, almost kicked it straight left. Like he tried to he tried to gird up so much, it seemed like. And I, you guys know me. I'm on kicking camp. Uh, I've been running it for, what is it now, seven years, Tom? You've been out there as a sponsor. It's great. Great for the kids. The Corey it's, Clark kicking camp. Uh, 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 on their faces. You just – I mean, And they get to see me just boot 21-yarders right dead down the middle. It changes um, your life. It does. Obviously, I'm not a kicker, so I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of the, of the position. But it seemed to me he was girding way too hard to try to, like, just give it everything he had. It went almost sideways. The next kick he had – Remember, it was like a 42-yarder? 42, 44, yeah. Uh-huh. Drilled yeah. it. And how far did it go, Tom? He just yards. nice and easy, like probably 58 yards. Like yeah. he has the leg. It's like you got to trust it. Uh, sometimes it just doesn't come off the foot grade. But, yeah, if he can trust his leg, uh, he should be okay, even on longer distances. But I feel like that one he attempted that day, I, you know, I don't know what you do when you're Norvell and, you're, and it's a tie game and there's a minute left and you can attempt a 55-yarder on fourth and six. Or do you go for it? Or do you punt? Like, there's a lot of question marks that you you don't feel 100%. That those are going to be game time, game strategy decisions where I don't know that he knows what the answer is right now. Yeah, prime time, I see you. Let the foot do the work. Let the club do the work. That's what right. Fitzgerald needs exactly to do. Exactly right. And we'll see. We'll know the answer, Corey, because they will be in a fourth and medium from long-distance field goal range. And Mike's going to tell you how confident he is in Fitzgerald in that moment. Yes. He's going to tell you the kind of camp that he had and how much faith he has in him. So we'll see in the kicking game. Special teams might be a bit of a head-scratcher, but they're spending a lot of time on it again. Yep. Uh, next up from Tom. This is Buffalo Tom. What's up, Tom Ordner? Not asking who is playing H-back, but is Norvell utilizing the H-back position more like his Memphis film shows he likes to run? Uh, I don't know that we can answer that without getting into trouble. Here's what I would say. They've got more choices at tight end this year. Uh, Marquise and Douglas, I think, has had a good camp. 
Wyatt Rector's come Biscuit. on. Had, had Somebody had, asked the best nickname on the team. I, I do think it's Biscuit. It's hard to beat Biscuit. I mean, Biscuit's Gre- as good as it gets. Greedy would be a great name if Greedy was locked down and starting for you. You know, right. and he had six interceptions, then Greedy Vance is perfect. But and we also have- don't know how where, where'd that name come from. That's a negative connotation sometimes, people. Why is he called Greedy? Um, so we got it, we got to know that. Biscuit, I assume, just because my man likes to eat. Yeah. which is awesome. It's like calling that. Remember the, the, the manager that played, I can't remember what team he played for. They let him in the game, big, huge dude. He was a student manager as a college team and they let him play like the final minute of a blowout. His nickname was snacks. I mean, <laughs> no. that's as good as it gets it snacks. That's awesome. It is to, to answer your question, Tama, I'd say that they've got more variety at the position now. So we'll, we'll see how they use it in games, but they've got, a better class of, of tight ends this year. Would you agree with that, Corey? Because I think there's a pulse there where it was kind of a, a point where we were laughing at, at that position for a long time. I don't know, it, man, because okay. I, I think Jordan Wilson did some things on that team last year that I don't know they have somebody there this year doing that. Um, so that's the one. I, I Look, man, I think Brian Courtney, um, he made another really nice catch out in Jacksonville, tough contested catch right at the goal line. He is an athlete. He is your out. There we go. He is your out. He is a uh, um, – really he's by far I think your most athletic tight end I just don't know if he's going to be able to play this year just because it's a tough position to play as a freshman unless you're UGA apparently um so I don't know that they like if, you, if you're assuming Cam McDonald is going to be Cam McDonald and is going to be playing the same starter reps yeah. I don't know that their backup guy is quite what Jordan Wilson was in the blocking department last year but certainly they have more what would you say man you know more capable receivers yeah. than Jordan Wilson, like guys that can get open down the field and make some plays perhaps. Yes. I Including think so. Biscuit. Biscuit's had a nice camp, man. And apparently he had a really big play Saturday in the scrimmage. Like uh, I think Norvell called it a huge play. He's got a little something to him. Uh, I look yeah. forward to seeing his development more, but there's nuance to his game. It's not just, you know, sometimes you, you watch a tight end, that big play. And you're like, man, he's only playing that position because he's just huge. Right. And for, he's got something to him about how he runs his routes, how he gets out of his breaks, how he plays physically. So I like 85. We'll see if he gets in the rotation more, especially as that second guy. His body type fits the profile of a Jordan Wilson. We'll see about yeah. the attitude uh, rep for rep. Garrett asks, we went for it a lot on fourth down last year. Do you see us doing that again? I think so, but it depends if you're chasing the game or if you're ahead in the game. If Florida State's ahead on the scoreboard a little bit more this year, then they'll go let Mastromano work. Uh, but we'll see what the scoring situation is throughout the season as Mike makes all of these decisions. But I think in general, he's fairly aggressive on fourth down. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there were times last year where he went for it on fourth down when it was like fourth and eight and, and maybe not. It's just like, why, why are you doing this? You don't pick up third and eight or second and eight. You're just going to give them the ball 40 yards closer to your end zone than you would if you punt it. And I'm all for the math. And I understand why you want to go for it on fourth down. You do get four downs. You don't have to punt. I hate when they say, oh, now he's going to be forced to punt. No, he's not. You're never forced to punt. You can go for it whenever. And too often in the history of football, coaches have fourth and two on the 50-yard line or got scared and would punt. But he he went for it a, a little too much for my liking in the fourth and long situations when the game was still in doubt. Um, and there didn't, honestly, and uh, I, I didn't see a lot of rhyme or reason. Like yeah. Miami, he kicked the field goal when they're down eight. It worked out. They won. The NC State game earlier – um, they had stopped NC State the whole second half, but then they gave them a short field in a seven-point game, and they iced it. Um, 
you know, Notre Dame, he went for it a few times that were not necessarily head scratchers, but I understand some people are like, why don't you punt it and play defense? He just didn't trust his defense. Correct. So don't you think a lot of it is, um, does he trust his offense? I mean, I guess it all comes down to trust. Does he trust his offense to be able to pick up six yards in that spot? And if he, or does he think his defense could be good enough that let's pin him inside the 10, we're going to get the ball back in a minute and a half, and then we can go get the ball at midfield with a fresh new set of downs. Yeah, his decision-making on fourth down was a point of contention on the JCS and everywhere in, in sure. FSU media. I thought it was inconsistent, I, you know, like you're talking about. There are times when you would absolutely circle a fourth and three on your own 38 or something along those lines. If you're if you're not going to go for it there, then why are you going for it to drive later on fourth and seven? Like, it just right. it does, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, some of the decisions. NC State chief among them. Yeah, it was incongruous. It, it not not everything seemed to line up. But again, sometimes you coach with your gut. I'm not saying you don't have you you can't do that. It's just it was uh, his gut was wrong a lot on fourth downs last year. But I like the overall mindset of going for it. I, I do, especially early on in the season when uh, you know as bad as that offense was, the defense was worse. So yep. giving the ball up, you're you're going to give up more points, and then the game might be out of reach. So yep. I think it will. It's that's an interesting question. It's a good question on. On, like Jimbo never went for it on fourth down. Yep. It, yeah. It could be fourth and, you know, a yard and maybe a foot. And he's yeah. like, yep, that's too much. That's that's too much for us, baby. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. care that we're on there don't 35. Want do don't want to do it. Let, let's try the kick. Let's miss this field goal. We're still going to be debating that this season. That's one prediction yeah. I feel very good about. Um, but in the, in, uh, one more thought on it. A lot of those decisions I felt like were desperation, out of desperation. Either the defense had been on the field for too long or yeah. they're chasing the scoreboard. If they're playing from ahead a little bit this year, I wonder if, if you know the conservative mind. Well, it should, right? You you don't yep. you don't just. I mean, good coaches adapt to their yes. to the score and to their talent level yes. in in the, in the flow of the game. So yeah, it should affect what you do on fourth down. What what I mean, you shouldn't just be black or white. You do it one way every time. A contribution to the program from I just saw it. Eric, thank you, Eric. We really appreciate your support of Sunday Smash. Thanks, buddy. On War Chant TV. Hit the thumbs up button, everybody. There's almost 500 of you watching right now. Come on, let's go. Let's hit that thumbs up. Who do you all believe will emerge as the second receiver option alongside Pittman early on before Winston Wright comes back? What do you think, Corey? I I, I mean, right now it's Johnny Wilson. Um, I think Pokey Wilson's your third, um, and that is a good third to have. Again, that, I guess that's when you when you want to do when you want to take a, a step back and, and look at the actual growth of this offense or this football team in general. Last year, Pokey Wilson was your main guy. He was your number one. Yep. This year, in my eyes, right now through the first two and a half weeks of camp or however long it's been, he's your three. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that I think that says about what that growth because I think Pokey's a fine receiver. Imagine yeah. him as your third option. That's a good. That's not a bad receiving core all of a sudden. Now, here's what's interesting is I don't see a lot out of Pokey and team towards the end of practice, which is when we all get back together. I usually go run off and, and do stuff in the trenches while you guys are watching seven on seven and uh, some of the skill work. So I haven't seen a ton out of Pokey in those moments. I've seen McLean make some plays late yeah. in practice, but not Pokey. So for me, I, immediately, I thought McLean is three behind Johnny Wilson. So what have you seen from Pokey in camp when they do that uh, part of the the day and at practice. Yeah, no, I, I think he's had a fine camp. He has a, he's not like he's dropping passes. Uh, you know, I don't he hadn't got a, a ton of it bats um in the in the stuff I've watched, but I'm judging it more on just what he did last year. Okay. I mean in, in the way he finished up with that game at Florida. Um he had a nice game, I think it it, it at BC too. Um couple yeah. touchdowns in North Carolina. Like he finished up the second half of the season as a pretty good ACC receiver. 
Uh, so that's what I'm judging it on, just what his history is with Jordan and what his history is in this offense over the last two years. Where are you setting the target for the total yardage for FSU's leading receiver? You know, because last year they didn't even touch 400 yards. Is it 500, 750? I don't think anybody is expecting a 1,000-yard receiver at Florida State this year. Where, where do you think it's going to land for somebody like a Micah Pittman? Man, I would think 800. 800, yeah. Like that's, that's what, 60, 70, 65 yards a game? I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to there. And I don't, I also don't think they're going to have a huge rotation. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, there's too many players to get the, you know, oh, nobody's going to have more than 25 catches. We got two, we had a wealth of talent, too many guys. Yeah. No, I think they're going to have a set three or four guys that are going to play a lot. And with that in mind, I think, I think 800 is a, is a good number. And the, yeah, that's crazy. That would about double what their leading receiver had last year. Yeah. And we're not asking, I mean, some guys get like 1,900 yards receiving in a season. We're not asking for the world. We're just talking about 800. Right. Just to give a little bit of balance, which will open up things for some of the uh, guys on the ground. And Jordan Travis yeah. might actually run in a situation where the box is not loaded up pre-snap. That could be interesting and fun to watch. Next up here on Sunday Smash, we've got a question from Johnny Buckets. Love the name. Will Trey Benson be a one and done and go to the NFL? Well, he's got the body type and he's got the burst, Johnny. Uh, those both look like they translate to the next level. I just don't know that he's going to get enough totes. It's not that like Trayshawn Ward's had a bad camp. So I'll be very interested to see how many touches a game Trey Benson gets. I think if he gets between 12 and 15 per game, he could rush for 1,000 yards. And I don't think that's a stretch. Um, but that's my opinion. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not I, – I certainly can't – I'm not expecting him to be a one-and-done. He hasn't carried the ball once here um, in a game that mattered. Um, he does have some skills, though. That's that's clear. But, man, yeah, the, the way Toa Feely looked in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. uh, man, he was good. He was a good – and that's, that's – he's almost a forgotten guy. Like, it's – Rodney Hill, I feel like, is more on people's radar as a true freshman yeah. because he – I mean, he's number one, he's good. He's made a lot of big plays that we've watched. He had a really good practice on Thursday. Um, in Jacksonville, um, that, uh, that, that Toa Feely is almost a forgotten guy. And I thought Toa Feely was pretty good to, uh, after the first, a rough start to the season, but I thought he was a pretty good player there the final five, six games of the season. Um, well, until he got the Clemson game where he got hurt on that last play. Uh, but, you know, he's shown some things. And I, you know, I, I just don't, I, I'm not, I don't think we can because Benson looks the part that we can just expect him. Just, the same really with Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman. They've accomplished more at the college level than Trey Benson because Trey Benson has like three carries in his career at Oregon or whatever, but not much more. So let's let's pump the brakes and let's see him as much as excited I, as I am about what Johnny Wilson's looked like and what we, we think Micah Pittman can be and Trey Benson. I want to see it. I want to see it in person when it matters before I before I before I think that uh, they're going to be a one and done or be a, a you know first, second, third day draft pick in the NFL. Yeah, there's less pressure on a Trey Benson than there is on a Johnny Wilson to me. Yeah, because they're you know at that receiving core, you've got enough options. I think that uh, I'm sorry, you have fewer options. I think so that Johnny Wilson, there's going to be more pressure anytime the ball is in the air coming towards him. You're going to hear it in the stands too. Everybody will gasp and go quiet in Tallahassee. That's that's got its own kind of mental toughness that you have to have to be able to pull off and and show out in games. We'll see if Johnny's got that to him. For Trey, you've got Trayshawn Ward. You've got the aforementioned Toa Feely, who you're right, Corey. We haven't talked about him a lot this camp. Everybody else has gotten a little bit more run, but Toa Feely's been impressive. Uh, you know, hidden yardage. Um, I think he's shown better vision this camp, and that comes with the confidence that we saw before he got hurt in the Clemson game last year. He's been a plus player. So if you've got multiple options, I mean, C.J. Campbell's uh, not a bad option if 
guys go down in a game and CJ Campbell has to trot off the sideline and into a formation. I don't feel like they're losing a ton there. It's not Trayshawn Ward level or Trey Benson level, but it's not a bad player to put out there in 22. So I don't think there's nearly as much pressure on Trey Benson. To well, and don't forget, you know, again, Mike Norvell has mentioned this, that, you know, they moved Ja'Kai Douglas back into the backfield some too. And I think, so when you think about Trey Benson, like I, I just think with Toa Feely and, and if Ja'Kai Douglas remains, you go, I don't know if he's going back and forth or what he ends up doing. Those are the guys that are going to be catching the majority of the passes out of the backfield. Those guys are elite. In my opinion, they are elite at that thing, at the at the catching the ball out of the backfield. They they are matchup nightmares. Ask Clemson. They yeah. are matchup nightmares in, in the passing game. They're not prototypical Trey Benson, 210-pound off-tackle running backs. But I don't know what this – this isn't really a traditional running style, this this attack. So I, I'm really interested in how they divvy up these the, the, the touches out of these running backs. That's the one consistent thing, and not giving away state secrets here. Mike is really good once or twice a game at isolating a running back or a slot receiver on a linebacker. And it's tough, man. It's tough. Even really athletic linebackers, you are not staying with Toa Feely and Ja'Kai Douglas. You are not doing it. And that's a throw that Jordan has consistently thrown, uh, shown that he's had. Actually, let's touch on that real quick before we get to another question. Jordan Travis had one of those days. Better, in my opinion, then the day at spring camp where the offense just, I mean, controlled everything for the final three, four periods and everybody walking out of practice media and, and players alike were like, what the hell just happened? Even better than that spring day was Jordan Travis early this week. I think it was Tuesday. Um, Corey, I mean, he made every throw to all parts of the field. You, you dare to dream that something more is possible if 13 is going to look like that. Do you look at that as an outlier and a blip on the radar or as a potential sign of something to come? Not that Jordan's going to be lights out every drive this season, but that there might be a little something to him extra this year compared to last. Yeah, I wrote about it uh, actually on Wednesday. By the way, I wrote about it on Warchant.com, which uh, as much as you enjoy this, imagine (laughs) me making points that are like articulate and not just me stammering around because I don't stammer around when I write. They're actually, some of them are well-formed sentences and clear thoughts. You go to Warchant for $1, Tom Lang. That's you go right. to Warchant $1. I know we're giving this away for free, but the real good stuff is at Warchant, man, because I, I do I, every every practice I do observations where I go in-depth on everything I see as much as possible. I don't say, hey, then they ran a quadruple reverse and Ja'Kai Douglas threw a pass to Jordan Travis that was wide open in the end zone. I don't I don't say that stuff. Uh, by the way, that's a great play, guys. Wait for it. Wait till you see it in, in New Orleans. That's a, that's a joke. I hope you guys understand that. But um, but yeah, so I was talking. To, so one dollar you go to type in warchant.com for one dollar. You get us for a whole year um, insights, really good insights, not just from me, but from T. Lang, Ira, the whole gang. Um, but with Jordan Travis that day, I almost felt. I, I didn't even think my words did it justice. It just it's almost, you know, when you say you have to see it. Uh, you have to see it. I don't. You, I, I don't know what it is, but you have to see it. Um, now that's a definition for pornography. But, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean. But when it comes to when it comes to that that level of execution, it was unbelievable. I it was un, I hadn't seen it in so long around here that you're like, what? It opened a brand new world. Then the next two days, it came back to earth a little bit. I think the they they also they put the offense in more in tougher situations. Yeah. But to see Jordan Travis. And meaning like third and twelves, third and fifteens, second elevens, things like that. To see Jordan Travis light up a defense like that, throw on time in rhythm, just guys making plays. It was so good to see, man. And I think that gives you hope that 
Just what do you think, Tom? 20 more yards a game through the air, 30 more yards a game through the air, what that does for the entire offense. Just two more first downs passing, what that can do for the offense. For yeah, over the course of a season. It, it's the quest to to find balance on offense. Yeah. Because if you find some semblance of balance, watch out for what Mike can do in the running game. They've already proven with an offensive line that doesn't block well in the on the ground, and we think they're better there this year, that they can still draw up explosive plays to the tune yeah. of 40-yard runs, 80-yard touchdowns, whatever it is. Every single week they could do that. It was the damnedest thing if you look at the pro football focus grades. And I don't treat them as gospel. But when you see that this team can't run block and then their running grade is in the green or blue, which is really good in pro football focus, like how does that even work? So it's because they're really good at scheming up explosive plays. If you can achieve balance on the offense because Jordan makes a few throws or the receivers win one-on-one battles and you block it up a little bit better, you could see this offense get hot for stretches. And that's what I'm expecting to see a little bit more of this year. The thing that was most encouraging to me, Corey, about his performance earlier in the week was it wasn't just one part of practice. He was lights out in the team portion 11 on 11 early. When they got back together at the end, he was just as good. So it wasn't like this one little stretch where you're like, well, that's that's 10 nice plays in a row, Jordan. It was all day. So that's what's going to happen in real football. You're going to have the ball. You're going to lead the team down and score. And you might not have it with injury timeouts and quarter breaks and the way college football is for 15 or 20 minutes. Is that going to be too long before, you know, for you to cool off or are you going to stay in it and stay focused? To me, that was the thing that I didn't know that that was in Jordan. That was his best performance as a thrower in games or in practice that I've seen. And it wasn't close. No, he threw a conviction. He threw on time. He threw a conviction. He believed what he was seeing. He was hitting guys coming right out of their break. He was standing in the pocket. He wasn't uh, 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 roll to the right. It was one step, look, read, throw it. Now, his guys were doing a good job of getting open. They were playing a little bit soft in the defense because it was a two-minute or one-minute drill. But still, he took advantage of it, man. And that's so good to see because it hadn't been happening um, that much in practice. Um, But it's – Even if he was the same quarterback he was last year at the end of the season, the exact same quarterback, adding two guys, maybe three if we count Deuce Span, and then four if you count Winston Wright, if and when he comes back, when he comes back, adding that to what Jordan Travis was last year should up the up the yardage and up the production. But if Jordan if Jordan Travis gets a little bit better too, not not Pat Mahomes, he's not gonna be Pat Mahomes, but if he gets just a little bit better to go along with everything being lifted up around him, then yeah, you start to think. Okay, instead of averaging 26.4 points per game, you're averaging 32 points per game, which is good for two more wins at least. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to talk about this more because it's the best news of camp, uh, but we do need to answer a question from Jesse. Jesse, thank you so much for your support of us oh, here. Thanks, World Jesse, Champions. man. And Does Champions. he have a question? Yes. Jared oh, okay. versus assessment. Jared versus assessment. What would you say so far? You already brought up his name, Corey, so what would you say about Jared? Yeah, I, he's good. Um, he's He's not – he doesn't dominate like 11 did last year during this portion of practice, but we weren't expecting him to. Let's not assume that he's going to be a first round pick. Maybe he's the number one pick of the draft a year or two from now, who knows, but let's not assume he's going to pick up right where 11, because those, those are, those shoes are just too big, but every day he starts like he was a little in in team situations. And again, right? Like you watch it, Tom, how many, how many actual team 11 on 11 reps is that first line first first group defensive line getting in a practice 10 yeah like out there together 8 10 12 yeah with the way they rotate and especially with the interior they know what they got in the interior so they they'll let coop and love it chill for a little bit maybe 10 
maybe. maybe. So so Ver, so if I say on on Friday, Verse had a sack, a great pass rush, just lightning quick, and then another tackle for loss, probably back to back plays, total probably 18 yards in negative yardage in back to back plays where uh just beat the beat the tackle quickly, convincingly. Well, he only got like maybe 12 snaps in that scenario the whole practice. In two of them, he made back-to-back plays. Now, let's extrapolate it. If he's playing 60 snaps a game, he might be making three or four big-time plays a game, which is a great percentage for a defensive end. Yes. And that's what I, I have been very, very um, encouraged by the just the, sh- the the sheer athleticism and the violence that he plays with and the speed. Yeah. What I, we don't know is about the fundamentals. Is he going to stay home on a third and eight when the quarterback does a bootleg? Is he, or is he rushing? Does he get fooled? Like that kind of stuff. Um, and how does he play when he's tired? Mm-hmm. The things that Jermaine Johnson was incredible at. How does he play when he's tired? But man, he certainly looks the part. And every day he seems to be making more and more kind of drive altering plays. Yeah. To me, I'd say, you know, if he is caught, and he's in the wrong spot, like you're talking about. He loses backside contain or something, and, and a bootleg exposes that he's in the wrong place. I don't think it's because of a lack of football IQ. I think it's because he'll get greedy. Like, and that's that's a big distinction, though. Like, if you don't have the smarts to know what an offense is doing to you, that's a problem, and you, you're a liability at times. But if you're somebody who is so thirsty to make a play and you've got a little bit of greedy to you that's an old saying from Jimbo where I got to tell you whoa instead of giddy up that's Jared verse to me the other thing I'd say that's encouraging that I've learned about Jared verse this camp not earlier but this specific camp is he's not a one-trick pony I've seen enough variety out of what he does from the position that I don't think the moment that film comes out on him he's immediately going to get stoned by a left tackle every single play of every single game for example I'll, I'll speak in generalities He's a lot stronger than I thought he'd be. I mean, he are, he looks. I mean, he looks like Adonis. Like he's in great shape, but I didn't know how strong he would be in a Power Five situation. He was always, he always had the quicks. We saw that in spring. But I've been impressed at how if he puts his hands on somebody and he wants to move him, he can do it at times. So I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to eleven in terms of Jermaine Johnson in terms of productivity. It's really hard for anybody to do that across Florida State's great history to have a season like that. I mean, Corey, he and Keir Thomas had over 100 tackles combined last year. Two defensive ends. That's absurd. And like 30 tackles for loss. But I I do think that he has enough variety in what he does and he's strong enough that he's not going to look out of place at the Power 5 level. Well, and and the one thing that he has in common, well, there's probably multiple things he has in common. Uh, He has a motor and they talk about his motor all the time. And when you talk um, and I'm not, I, this is, I'm not saying anything out of school. We've written about it. We've talked about it a lot. Jared verse really kind of won't shut up on the practice field. He talks a lot. Yep. He talks a lot of noise to the, to his, uh, to the offensive guys. He's talking to the defensive guys to get them fired up. He just talks a lot. Um, but when you talk like that, you need to back it up with not just strong play, but you can't be taking plays off, man. You better have a high motor when you talk all the time. If you're LaMarcus Joyner and you talk a lot, buddy, you better back it up on the field and run all over the place. Yeah. And Jared Verse, that's one thing you do not have to coach with him, it would appear, is a motor. He is, he is, he just has a motor that that is a that is a talent um that he has that he just he seems to have uh he's just one of those higher like Jermaine Johnson that just does not take plays off, does not take reps off. Um, we'll see again what he looks like on play 60 compared to play six. But, man, it looks like he's one of those guys that just has that motor that never stops running. Yeah, a couple of uh, notes on just behind-the-scenes stuff. So 
we interviewed him. We had him on the Jeff Cameron show right here on War Chant TV. You can catch mm-hmm. that one o'clock tomorrow. Um, he came on, I think it was back in the spring, and and Jeff sent him a text afterwards. I don't think I'm giving away anything here. Said thanks for coming on, Jared. And Jared responded, "I look forward to exceeding your expectations this year." Like, oh, that's was, nice. Like, oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I look forward to exceeding your expectations. That's one little note. And then the other is an observation for practice a couple of weeks ago when it was this isn't in front of everybody. The lights, the cameras aren't on. One of his teammates and segment mates was not running from drill to drill. And he told the teammate, we run. We don't walk around here. We run from drill to drill. So little things like that. If you're looking for signs of leadership, it's not just a motor, but he's got a little bit of leader in him. He's not just chirping because he's making plays. He's also chirping to coach his guys along. What's next, Matthew? What do we have next right here on Sunday Smash from Alone Harrison? All right. Well, hopefully you're not lonely tonight alone. Which FSU opponent would, (laughs) would you take a guaranteed win for FSU if you had a choice this season? Uh, Corey, we're going to rule out Duquesne and we're no, going to, I think he's saying if you could pick somebody for them to beat. Uh, okay. I understand. What would be the one that you definitely want them to win? Ooh. Um, not all wins are created equal. I'd say Miami on the road. Miami Ooh. on the road would be uh, a really good game to win because of the message it would send to uh, everybody who's lining up behind Cristobal. That would also mean that you're engaged in November you're good enough and engaged in November to win a big football game. So I think you've won some big games between the, the opener and Miami to be in a position to win that game. What do you think? I mean, I'm, I, I'm kind of caught up on a, a loan, the name alone. I'm kind of caught up on that alone. Come on now. Let's you, Hey, there's somebody out there for everyone, buddy. Um, I, like I guess I don't even know if it's a, a loan. I don't know if that's a male or a female name. Yeah. It could be either. Um, I would say at Florida or no, sorry, Florida. You've, you beat Miami last year. You haven't beaten them since when? 17, since Jimbo's yep. last game. Yep. You need to beat them. They're not going to be incredible this year. You have them at home. Another thing I was thinking about, Tom, you got LSU on a Sunday night. Plus, I, I don't know how many how many games are on week zero, like three? Uh, no, I mean, there's like 10 or 12, I'd say. Okay, like but that. Florida yeah. State will probably get some eyeballs on that game. They're yes. all going to be, you know, there's not going to be any real marquee games in week zero. No, I, I so, think like – Nebraska Northwestern might be like one of the biggest games in week. There you go. So that says everything about it. So Florida state, Florida state week zero, they're gonna have some eyeballs for Duquesne. They're the only game in town against LSU. Mm -hmm. They're the only game in town against Louisville. And then the only game he's going to be watching the night after Thanksgiving against Florida. There are four, well, three, especially the last three are pretty big, pretty big uh, chances to, to stake a claim and get eyeballs and get people talking about you again. So I think, you know, I, Winning at Florida to close – sorry, I keep saying at Florida. Be- beating Florida the Friday after Thanksgiving to close out the regular season, beating your rival, no matter what happened in Coral Gables, I think that would be a really big uh, – well, they don't play in Coral Gables, do they? They, they play, play in Miami Gardens. Miami Gardens now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that would be a that, – that, that would be their uh, biggest win if they got it. Yeah, what's interesting, you know, we didn't bring up LSU because I think that could be a massive win for a yeah. lot of reasons. It doesn't do you any good to beat, you know, it's not an in-state rival, so it doesn't help you necessarily in recruiting that way. But I think that game from a recruiting perspective, and we've talked to Michael Langston about this, I think that's a much larger game to win than Louisville on the road. The reason is sure. kids are going to be watching it. They're playing yeah. football that Friday when you're up at Louisville, but they'd be watching the LSU game, and you've got a bye week after to take that momentum and carry it into September. But I find it interesting that both you and I said, We'd rather guarantee a win over one of Florida State's in-state rivals because, of course, man, we know the drill. That's we everything. do know the drill. Uh, last few questions here for us tonight on Sunday Smash. We appreciate the over 500 of you that are participating and watching right now. Be sure to hit that like button underneath this video. 
Can we win another championship without Corey's lucky gallbladder? That gallbladder saw three of them, plus the World Se- a couple World Series wins with the Bravos. Um, I think so. I think so. I think what was happening, guys, I'll be honest with you, the gallstones I have were unlucky. You've watched what happened with this program the last three or four years. That's the gallstones and the sludge building up in it. So now that I got all that out of my body, I think we're back to good luck again. How bad of a pain is a gallstone? Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I, I didn't know what I had at first. It's not great. Um, I've heard kidney stones are the worst, and let's never – I shouldn't have even said that, but um, talk that into existence. But it, it, there were a couple of times where it's uh, – I mean, I drove myself to the hospital. I had to go to the ER. I couldn't handle the pain anymore. It's a stomachache, and I could not handle it anymore, so I had to go to the hospital. So it's a stomach. This is why I like being one of the younger guys on the staff here. I get an advanced scouting report of all the pain. I'm yeah, I can tell you about colonoscopy prep. All the good stuff, yeah. Tom. Yeah, I'm 35. I'm right on deck for one of those too. Yeah. That's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm sure that's what people tune in to listen and hear about tonight <laughs> on Sunday Smash. What they do, Tom, is they go up in your oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Remember everybody that uh, if you have one of those procedures, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, I'm sure, is on the way home. So if you've got a driver to and fro a medical event, head to ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, and also make sure you hit up ABC Fine Wine and Spirits throughout the state of Florida. When you're watching the Knowles, Garrett, what's stopping us from winning the ACC? Uh, a lack of talent. Yeah, I, I would say, look, they they can compete. In that, I'm not trying to be uh, dismissive. They can compete with everybody on their schedule in the ACC. We don't right. expect their their roster is at a point now where it's not laughably out outmanned against anybody in the ACC. You saw the game against Clemson last year. I mean, they're yes. right there. Yes. Um, the problem is their talent is just kind of even with everybody. And when you have even talent, you are going to lose a couple of games. You you, you know, you just are. The coin flips happen. You're going to lose some close games. You have to have a overwhelming, in my opinion, in the ACC Atlantic, um, maybe not last year, but Clemson's defense was incredible last year. Yes, it was. That's why they won the Atlantic. Their defense was incredible. Um, they did win the Atlantic, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Pitt won the ACC, though, but yeah. So Pitt beat Clemson. I'm pretty sure, man. I'm like, no, I, I don't know. I think like Clemson, who else could have been in the the Atlantic Division in the ACC? I don't think it was NC State. Game. I don't think they made it, did they? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Either way, it could have been NC State. Look that up, Tom Lang. But either way, Clemson. Oh no, was Wake. Excuse us. Sorry, oh, sorry, God. sorry, Demon Deacons. How do we forget the 3,500 enrollment of uh, Wake Forest yeah. and the equal money they get with Florida State for such an enrollment? It was 45-21 was the final of the Subway ACC Championship. That's when Kenny Pickett did the fake slide. Yeah, we we, uh, we plugged uh, your sponsor for you, ACC. There's your mea culpa. There you go. You did it. Um, now let me write another column about them, about the ACC. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, Clemson's defense was elite last year. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest's offense was elite last year. I don't think Florida State's elite at anything this year. I think they can be better. They Maybe they're good at defense. They're not going to be elite. And I just think when you're not elite – you're going to be in so many close games. You have to get really lucky yeah. to win a to win a conference championship to even get to the conference championship game. If you don't have um, more elite stuff going on in your program, the Florida State currently does. But you, you can win those close games if you win them all. Then yeah, you'll be in Charlotte. Yeah, Garrett, your point is taken. I was kind of sarcastic in the beginning, but they should be in every game this year. They should be in the ACC. So nothing but that just implies they're going to lose a few. Of course, yep. Their talent isn't so overwhelming to overcome bad luck or a bad day from your quarterback or crazy weather or a sickness that runs to the team. They can't overcome that right now. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, here's the thing I'd, I'd ask you, Corey, before we wrap up tonight on Sunday smash and remember folks, it's a buck, one 
dollar. Head to Warchant. Show that, show that graphic again, Tom. Can you can you fire that up? Oh, I can by telling there we go. director. Hit the graphic. There you go. One dollar for one year. It is all FSU fans that we're looking for right now. Hey, even if you're not an FSU fan and you want to be up to date on what's going on with FSU, you can't find a better place than Warchant.com, which is now a part, a proud part of the On3 network. So head to Warchant.com, type it in, Warchant.com right now. You'll see a green bar at the top of your screen, the top of the page, and all you got to do, a couple of clicky-doos, a couple of numbers you punch in, and you are all set up for a year for just one dollar on warchant.com. So final no hidden question. fees either, Tom. No hidden fees. It's literally Zero. a dollar. It's a dollar. Legit. One dollar. And you're gonna love it so much that you might pay a couple bucks more for it next year. But give us a try. Let us prove it to you at warchant.com. Corey, what's the tougher game? Is it NC State on the road or Clemson at home this year? Which one's tougher? I mean, I'm always gonna say Clemson. Okay. I, I I think NC State's good. Their quarterback is good, but I mean it's Clemson. Uh, that's that's gonna be the tough. That, they're let me say this, they're both very tough. Yep. They'd both be great wins, either one of them. What's interesting about the NC State game is they're, they'll just be coming off playing Clemson. And the context of that is NC State thinks they're going to win the conference this year and go to the college football playoff. I'm sure that's what they believe. If they lose to Clemson the week before, you could catch a team that's down, not feeling great yeah. about itself. Uh, we'll see, though. There's so much time between I that. I think Wake Forest plays Clemson the week before they play Florida State, too. Yes, yes yeah. that's true. And then that's where Clemson benefits on the other side, though, is – the FSU roadie to uh, NC State precedes Clemson coming down here. So oh, that's right. an emotional and physical game. We'll see what FSU has left in the tank. But there's so much to do between now and then. The Knowles are practicing Tuesday through Saturday this week. We'll have you covered right here on Warchant.com and Warchant TV. Corey and Aslan, uh, thank you, Corey, for stepping away from Wake Up Warchant. They've been recording. They will be finishing Wake Up Warchant here yep. soon. It'll be up on Warchant TV tonight into tomorrow morning. Remember, to all you uh, who love podcasts, all your podcast providers have these shows. Wake Up War Chant, the Jeff Cameron Show, Seminole Headlines. We even put press conferences and things like that out there for you as well. Corey, any final thoughts or things you want to tease before we sign off for the night? No, I just love AT&T. I love how the, the customer service was incredible. I, I hope I, I hope they're a sponsor soon so I can tell everyone what a great, what a great last 36, 48 hours I, I, I've enjoyed. But, hey, I got a phone now. I got a phone. It works. With no, the screen isn't cracked anymore either. The crotchety alert is going up. Remember to hit <laughs> ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, everybody. For Corey Clark, my name is Tom Lane. We want to thank everybody who joined in the program tonight. Thank you all for your donations if you made a contribution. But mostly thank you for interacting in the chat and making this a fun experience for all FSU fans. We really appreciate your support. And thanks to Director Matthew behind the scenes. Stay tuned to Warchant TV for the latest on FSU. Head to Warchant.com right now. You don't have to go to bed. You just got to leave this live chat. We'll talk to you next time on War Chant TV. Good night.